Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber. Coming to you from Green Bay, our respective uh, places of residence in Green Bay, after the Packers' 31-24 win over the Detroit Lions. After this win, they secured the NFC North for the second straight year under Matt LaFleur after two playoff-less seasons to end the Mike McCarthy era. And they're also now in the driver's seat for home field advantage, which Aaron Rodgers conveniently pointed out that they've never had in his career. They've been to the NFC Championship game four times, um, never been at Lambeau Field. And beyond that extra week of rest in the playoffs, Bill, is home field advantage even more important, do you think? I think it's huge. Um, Mostly because if if New Orleans is the next best team in the NFC, which I think they are because their defense is, is legit. I just think getting Drew Brees here, rather than having to go down there, I just think it's an overwhelming advantage. It, it might not be a huge advantage against, say, Tampa Bay because of Brady's experience. Maybe not Seattle because Seattle's not exactly Bermuda, but to get Drew Brees here potentially in a championship game, yeah, I would. That, I think just think it's absolutely critical to get that to get that home field. I agree. I do agree that the Saints are the second best team and. The reason the Packers currently have the number one seed is because they beat the Saints in week three. There's the head-to-head tiebreaker working in in their advantage because um, both those teams are at 10 and three. Just a quick glimpse at at the remaining schedules for each team. The Saints have um, the Chiefs at home, the Vikings at home, and the Panthers on the road. And the Packers have uh, the Panthers at home, the Titans at home, and the Bears on the road. So Packers controlled their own destiny, that cliche term, control your own destiny, after uh, the 31-24 win in Detroit, in which, listen, we're getting repetitive here, but what else are we going to talk about? Aaron Rodgers, I guess we could talk about this. You know, until this game, I I thought Patrick Mahomes was the the leader in the MVP race. Um, He had better yardage, better touchdown-to-interception ratio, um, better team record than Rodgers, but after today... Rodgers has the better touchdown-to-interception ratio. Rodgers has the higher completion percentage. Rodgers has everything except more passing yards and um, a slightly worse team record. But given the the weapons Rodgers has compared to Mahomes, and and this is always a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, Mahomes threw three interceptions today, even though the Chiefs won. Who do you think is in the lead right now? It's going to be really interesting. I, you know, I... You, you, your buddy Patrick Eichner from Points, but I, I talk to him every Monday for some stuff. Yeah, I be, love I'll, Pat's I'll, my guy. Pat's awesome. I'll be curious to see what the MVP race is tomorrow because you know heading heading into this week, Mahomes was an overwhelming favorite at the sports books. I mean, like huge, minus four hundred, and Ro- Rogers was, I believe, plus five hundred. Yes, um, I'm gonna be really interested to see what the how much it, it has swung tomorrow. Look, we've talked about on the podcast for for weeks now. I, I think it should be Rogers Award. You want, you want to compare supporting casts? 
What, what, there's, I mean, what more do you want Rodgers to do? He has carried this team. He's been fantastic week after week after week, aside from one bad game at Tampa Bay. Um, and you're right. It is a what have you done for me lately kind of thing. And I, I, I think Rodgers, I think he should win it. We'll see. I know LaFleur made his pitch for him tonight after the game, but yeah, I, I would go Rodgers just based on, on supporting cast and how much of, how much is expected of him every week. Yeah, those supporting casts you talk of, I mean, in, in Kansas City, it's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Le'Veon Bell, Nicole Hardman, um, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, and here in Green Bay, you know, it's not shabby, but it's Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon, Alan Lazard, MVS, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. So it's not bad, but it's not, it's not Kansas City level. Um, and certainly the, the, the Packers have the best pass pr- protecting offensive line in the league. And, and they showed why again uh, on Sunday, let's delve into the game a little bit. Um, Devontae Adams, we always need to do a little history update because he makes new history every single week. Another game where he just dominates seven catches, 115 yards and a touchdown became the first player in Packers history to have a touchdown catch in at least eight games breaking the previous record held by him and Don Hudson, um, the player whose name adorns the side of the practice center. And he also became the first player in NFL history with, I believe it's at least six catches and a touchdown in eight straight games. That first touchdown, he scored the 56-yarder on the opening drive, just simple back shoulder. Then he showed what he's able to do after the catch. Um, in past podcasts, we've said, you know, he's in the conversation for best receiver in the league. Are you ready to join me in saying Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football? Yeah. You know, the one thing with Devontae is I mean, he's had some drops in his career. I mean, they used to call him Drop Vontae around here. Kind of <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't here for that. Yeah. I mean, he, me, but those have been few and far between. This. I mean, look, everybody drops a couple. So um, he, he, He's cleaned up that part of the game. And again, this kind of goes back to the MVP conversation. Everybody in the world knows where the ball is going. There is no mystery whatsoever where the game plan goes through. It goes from 12 to 17. Everybody knows that. And nobody can stop them. Look, the Lions' secondary stinks. I mean, Okoda and Trafant, their, their top two corners are one's an IR and one's headed to IR. So let's, let's, let's acknowledge that. I'm going to try and get this pronunciation right. Oruwarie. Yeah, I don't know. He, I, I, I had he, it. He picked off Rodgers in Detroit last year. I typed, I, I copied and pasted off the Lions roster, <laughs> and I used it a couple times off copy and paste. I have no idea how to say it or spell it. I know he's from Iowa. That's all I can tell you. He picked off Aaron Rodgers in Detroit last year. So crushed him, and he's. I mean, he, you know, I, I asked Adams about it during the week. I mean, we, we talk about it every week. You know, you're going up against Darius Slay. You're going up against this corner, against that corner. I found it interesting. He's he was going up against a bunch of bad corners this week, and of course. He, he didn't care about that either. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't matter who he's playing, the individual matchup, what the coordinator is doing. Um, he gets open and he makes he makes the most opportunities. It's unbelievable. My favorite quote from Devontae Adams or anyone really this season was after the Texans game when he was asked, um, you know, what was your mindset when Bradley Roby, their top corner, went out? He said, "I can only eat what's in front of me." <laughs> and that kind of that kind of stood true today too. Let's talk a little bit about MVS because the last time he caught a pass technically was against the Colts in overtime. And you guys remember what happened after he caught that pass? He fumbled it, and the Packers lost the game shortly thereafter. He didn't catch a pass in, in the Bears game or the Eagles game. 
he, he disappeared from the game plan and we say, oh, is this another late season MVS disappearance? You know, did that fumble get in his head and he's just not doing the right things on the field? Oh, no, no, no. Six catches, 85 yards and a touchdown. And his most impressive catch of the season, that back shoulder grab, um, which I, I somehow remembered, he dropped one of those against Atlanta in the end zone. And then there was a miscommunication on a route he should have run back shoulder against Indy. Um, and Rodgers threw it deep, I, or Rodgers threw it back shoulder and MVS went deep, I believe. And it just shows the, the, the increase. You wouldn't have seen that last season. You wouldn't have seen Rodgers keep going back to him on a back shoulder like he did today. And that just shows the trust Rodgers and this offense has in him. And Matt LaFleur said it. He's arguably the most improved player on this offense um, over the two years that LaFleur has been here. And he was crucial today. You know, we've talked about this all year, Matt. You, 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 you just have to live with the bad stuff, right? Because there's so much good. Look, nobody wants to drop passes. I'm not saying you... you accept them, but he has what nobody else has. And he has got rare ability. I mean, there are, you know, I remember Ted Thompson, the former GM, he used to say it's about linemen. The good Lord doesn't make too many. Well, it's the same thing with MVS. The good Lord didn't make too many guys who are six foot four with four, three, whatever speed. You just got to live with it. Riders says live with it. And the reward is coming here. I mean, that, that touchdown catch was phenomenal. That was um, those are man hands to use a, a Packers jugs machine drill. Man. Those are man hands. That was one hell of a catch. And look, they, they need a mat, right? I mean, there, there's no two ways around it. They need for these guys to get to a Super Bowl. They, they, they need MVS to make those kind of plays. And I want to give two, two quick points of uh, emphasis to two areas of the Packers game that I thought um, were really important today. Not on the offense. That was their run defense. They only, granted, the Lions only ran it 15 times, but for only 51 yards, that 3.4 uh, yards per carry average for the Lions was the third lowest by a Packers opponent this season. So, you know, carry on Johnson and Adrian Peterson, those are, granted, the, the Lions don't have the best offensive line, but uh, DeAndre Swift, carry on Johnson, Adrian Peterson, those are some pretty decent running backs, but... I don't blame the Lions for going through the air, A, because they got behind and because Matt Stafford um, was pretty good when he was in. But got to give props to the run defense. And then Mason Crosby. He hasn't been called upon much for field goals this year because the Packers um, don't take them much. And when they're in position to, they often go for it on fourth down. But I thought it was interesting how um, I'll, I'll let you tell the story. I'm talking too much. The story LaFleur told us about kind of that decision-making <laughs> process they went through before the field goal. Oh, you can talk about it. Actually, I want to go back to the run defense real quick before we, before I forget about it. Oh, sure. So, so I'll, I'll touch on Crosby real quick first. Then. Yeah. So, um, LaFleur had said on that drive when the Packers are up, um, 28, 21, that their limit was the 37-yard line. So that would be a 55-yard field goal for Crosby. They're at the 34, so it would be a 52-yarder. And then Elton Jenkins, of all people, has a false start to push them back um, five yards to a 57-yarder. So beyond the range that the Packers had predetermined, Sean Menenga, special teams coordinator, motions for the punt team to go out on the field, and Matt LaFleur says, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Looks at Crosby, his 36-year-old kicker, who hasn't missed a field goal, who hadn't missed a field goal this season, 
only taken 13, but hadn't missed one, and says, can you make this? And Crosby says, yes. And there was never a chance that it missed. It was a little low, but it was right down Broadway. Gave the Packers a 10-point lead. I haven't seen Mason Crosby that excited in a while, probably since the game at Detroit last year when he hit the game winner at the buzzer. But that was huge. And he hasn't gotten much play this year just because, like I said, he's only taken 14 field goals and he's missed three extra points. But you never know in a closer playoff game when a clutch kick like that will be important. And if there's any kicker in the NFL who's comfortable kicking at Lambeau Field in big games, it's Mason Crosby. I was doing a math just before we started the podcast. He missed four field goals at Detroit in 18. He's missed four in the last 40 games. That's insane. That's good. Um, I, I want to get to the run defense. Here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet that out and, and credit you with that. Oh, sure. Why not? Absolutely. Um, hope, I hope it's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to, the, to the run defense today. I'll double check it while you're talking. So they, they had 11 yards on an end around to Agnew and a six-yard scramble by Stafford. So the, the, the actual real running plays, their longest run was five yards. Yeah. And you look at it. Maybe they face McCaffrey on Saturday. I mean, McCaffrey keeps getting hurt, so who knows? But maybe it's McCaffrey on Saturday, then it's Derrick Henry the Sunday after that. So if today's run defense was a sign of things to come, it's obviously a very good time for it because um, if McCaffrey plays, they've got two of the top, what, three, four, five running backs in the league the next two games. Yeah, that could be scary. I mean, they've locked up a playoff berth. They've locked up a home playoff game, but that one seed, like we talked about, is important, and, and McCaffrey – if he's healthy, and Derrick Henry could pose some problems to that. Anything else? No, this, the, I think the questions will take care of a lot of things that we do need to touch on. Okay, there you go. There's a lot of special teams questions, Matt. You'll be shocked to hear that. Oh, boy. Shocked. Great. Yeah, other than firing Manango, which obviously is not going to happen. They're not going to make a change for the three games to go. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I think you just hope J.K. Scott gets his stuff together because that's really the biggest problem. You know, who knows if Tavon Austin provides a Tyler Irvin-like spark, you know, just takes a game or two to get in and maybe springs one off on punt team. But more so than the returners, it's an issue of the blocking on the coverage units and J.K. Scott. And quite frankly, Hunter Bradley snaps sometimes. It's a lot, man. I, I, I just went through that, and it's a lot. It's mm-hmm. not going to be an easy fix. And like you asked LaFleur about last week, are you concerned this could come back and bite you like in a playoff game? And sure it can, but at this point, is there anything you can fix this late in the season or is it too late? Yeah, I, I think it's probably too late. I mean, you kind of are who you are. I would say that you remember last year when, when they brought in Irvin, he fixed the return game like single-handedly and it seemed to fix everything else. You know, maybe if Austin can spring one or two, maybe maybe it makes makes those guys feel better about life because... It's a disaster. I mean, like every game, something has gone wrong. Maybe, maybe one good play can change the change that pendulum going back the other direction. Because right now, I mean, other than just having Austin or Austin having Scott kick the ball out of bounds every time, man, oh man, I've I've got nothing. They are they are in deep trouble on that on that side of the ball. So I, I just looked it up. It's uh, thirty-seven games with. Uh, with only four misses. Well, I'm not a math major. I think, I I mean, it's probably 40 games, but in some of those, he didn't attempt to kick. Oh, sure. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's 11 games. I think it was 11 games in 18, then all the six, you know, 16 games last year and 13 this year. You're right. And he didn't attempt one in that season finale in 2018 because they lost 31-0. 
So I guess, I mean, you could, you could consider it either way. Jack Schaefer wants to know what separates us from other Super Bowl contenders. You see who the starting quarterback is? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> there I'm you go. Kidding. That, uh, Jack, I appreciate the question, and it's a totally valid one. I really do think the answer is is Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And while that may not separate them from the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, I, I find it hard to believe that any team is going to shut those two down. And I wrote this tonight. All the, all the defense and special teams need to do is not catastrophically F up. Because this offense, unlike last year, is so good that it can single-handedly win any game no matter the defense. Yeah, they had the, the slip up against the Buccaneers, but um, against the Colts, against the Vikings, the, the offense was not the reason for them losing. Um, they put up 30 points against a, a health, or 37 points without Devontae Adams against a healthy Saints defense. The second half against the Colts was bad, but they put up 28 in the first half. Uh, they put up 41 on the Bears. They put up uh, 31 on the Eagles, or 30 on the Eagles. This offense is capable of anything, and I think that's what separates them from all other Super Bowl contenders except the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and obviously, they would only play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and if they get there, then, you know, all, all the stats get thrown out. Yeah, the way Rodgers has played 13 games this year, he's over 100 pass rating in 12 of them. It's amazing. It's, he's got eight in a row, which is, I believe, the like the fifth or sixth longest streak in NFL history. I have it upstairs. I forgot to bring it down. Um, he's got the record of 12 back in 2011. But he is, it's amazing the level of consistency that he's at. So, yes, I would say Aaron Rodgers separates because we've seen Russell Wilson go in the funks. I mean, he's, I mean, beat the Jets today, whoop de doo. But I mean, he's, he, he was in a pretty big slump. You know, Brady has been pretty ho-hum. I mean, Rodgers is just, he's the picture of consistency right now, and he is, he is the separator in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, aside from the Buccaneers game, I think you got Rodgers one bad game out of the way. You mean like a real stinker. Some games he won't be as good as others, but a real stinker, I think. Um, that might be the only one, unless he surprises me, but... The Bears, the Panthers, and the Titans don't exactly have like stout defenses that can shut Aaron. I mean, the Bears have the best defense out of those three, and Rodgers already um, helped put up 41 points against them. So I really don't see anyone slowing down this Packers offense. It's just a matter of can their defense do enough. Speaking of defense, Caleb Shampo wants to know, this offense scores points in bunches, but week after week, the defense insists on giving up fourth quarter points to give me anxiety. <laughs> what is the issue plaguing this defense? I think it lies where it lied last year, um, and that's in the second tier. And, and Christian Kirksey, he's had some nice moments, but he really struggled in pass coverage today. And, and with Shannon Sullivan and Will Redmond kind of stepping down into that dime safety role, it's really in that second tier of the defense, whether it's wide receivers or running backs or tight ends that can exploit it. Teams know where to go after the Packers' defense, and it's right there. I will say... The Lions had 293 yards today, and they scored 21 points. Detroit's good. That They're side of the ball bad. is good. Stafford is a hell of a quarterback. Yeah. They've got weapons. They scored 30 against Chicago, 30-something against Chicago. Detroit's a good offense. If you're 24 points and less than 300 yards, it seems like a pretty decent day to me. I don't know. What am I missing? Nothing. The Lions are a good offensive team. I mean, 
Daryl Bevel's got them in a good spot. And I'm looking forward to the Matthew Stafford-led 49ers winning the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> Man, if the, and they are going to trade him. And I, it's going to be... I, I it, It'll just be mind-boggling. I realize that they haven't won anything. They've only gone to the playoffs three times in his tenure. But he is really good. And, you know, I, I asked Lafleur about it on, on Friday or whatever. It's I, I realize the quarterback gets paid big money to win football games. And he's expected to lift everybody up. But... He doesn't play defense, doesn't play special teams. He does not make any personnel decisions. There's only so much the guy can do. Totally agree. Cecilia Bugface, a friend of the program with always good questions. We know Rodgers and Adams are the best, but who is better at their job week in and week out? This is a really good question. Crosby, Alexander, or the O-line as a unit? Ooh, that's a good question. O-line as a unit, I'm going to go with. They've been incredible in pass protection this year. Um, excluding last last week's two-sack game because one of those sacks was the Elvis sack that Rodgers took. He's only been sacked multiple times in one game this season. That's incredible, especially given all the movement on that line. I mean, Crosby's been good, but he's out because of the missed extra points and just the the small sample size on field goals. Jair, um, terrific, was again today, but you know, week one, he had a rough week one. And in the past couple of weeks, he's allowed some completions. Maybe I'm just holding him too too high of a standard. But it, the Packers O-line is the best in football, in, in pass protection at least. I'll take Alexander on that one. You know, the one thing I will say, and Rodgers has kind of talked about this with the, with the pass protection, is some of it is scheme where, you know, Rodgers is taking a five-step drop or he's taking seven or he's taking one step. He's booting left, he's booting right. There's a lot of stuff there helping him out. Alexander, yeah, he's had his, a couple of moments here and there where he hasn't been at his best. But, I mean, today he was like, you, you didn't know he was playing until he broke up that pass to Marvin Jones at one point. He is he is so fantastic at a critical position. So I will go Jair Alexander, but look, you can't lose with either of those choices. No doubt. Um, God, I'm going for a lot of special teams here. Here we go. This is, this is from my friend Steve Clark, former UW-Whitewater alum. Interesting question. If the Packers clinched the number one seed, yes, there's work to do. Do you have Jordan Love played in the second half that. of week no, 17? I don't think so. Let Tim Boyle get out there and sling it. You know, what would be the benefit? You know, if Jordan Love goes out there and throws two touchdowns, what is that going to do? What benefit does... See, I'm intrigued by that question. Uh, listen, I know you want to see him in-game action, but... What benefit would that actually have besides just stirring up? Ooh, if if he does poorly and throws three interceptions against the Bears, you just get dumped on as an organization before the playoffs start. Not that they really care about that, but it's a lose-lose situation. If he plays well, you say, okay, well then Rodgers is still playing extraordinarily. If he plays poorly, you say, oh, the organization's incompetent. Why'd they draft him? So I don't really see any benefit to it. Just let Boyle go out there and sling it. Okay, I, I, I agree with all that for the most part. Um, but let, let's just say that you're Brian Gutekunst. And at some point, you need to decide. Maybe it's after this year. Maybe you look at your salary cap and say, well, I can save a few bucks. Do you need to see what you've got a little bit? Look, he's been facing either running the scout team solo or at least splitting those scout team reps with Boyle all year. Presumably, because he's been facing the number one defense all year long, 
he should have made some strides. Wouldn't you like to see what you have if you're at least considering, maybe in the deepest crevices yeah. of your mind, considering moving on after this year? Now, all that being said, you're going to piss off the quarterback, and there's no reason to do that if heading Packers, into the playoffs where you've got a real shot of getting the Super Bowl. There's no reason to ruffle any feathers. I wouldn't do it, but man, oh man, oh man. If the idea of maybe moving on after this year is on your mind, shouldn't you see what you got? It, hey, I'm stopping you right there. If the if even the smallest iota, and I know that is uh, repetitive because an iota is small. If even an <laughs> iota of a thought of moving on from Aaron Rodgers after this season is in that front office's mind, they should be charged with organizational malpractice this minute. It's ridiculous. I don't care if they lose out and lose in the first round. You don't move on from him. You can't. I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying I would do it, but I'm just saying that they, they drafted <laughs> this guy for what reason? They drafted him to play him. They drafted him to be Aaron Rodgers' successor, right? Look, I wouldn't do it either. I, I totally get what you're saying, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play that guy if, if my life depended on it, but I'm just wondering. I, I don't think they will, but I think it's. A, I think it is an interesting question that if, if you, Rogers seemed awful nostalgic, didn't he today? By the way, a little bit, yeah. Why does he? Does in, in the back of his mind does he think that maybe, maybe this is it for me? There's a chance. There's a chance. Certainly, Look, he could be wrong. Of course, I mean, I'm sure. I, I, I don't. Anyone's told him. I mean, why would you? But exactly, he, he seemed he, awfully he nostalgic did. today. I mean, he had a great line. Which we're all which we're all going to use, of course. So he, you know, everyone's celebrating in the locker room today, and he's just sitting back at his locker and soaking it all in. Yeah, this is a pretty interesting answer. No doubt, I agree. Um, in game one against Detroit, Aaron Jones in the run game dominated. Well, this is from Badger in Canada, by the way. Today, Green Bay went past happy early. Was that more Green Bay's plan or Detroit loading up to take away Jones? At this point, I I don't know if it's as much of responding to what other teams are doing. It's more so we're going to use our strength, which is the passing game, and you have to stop us. I don't think the Packers are anymore, you know, ooh, they're taking away Aaron Jones. They're not going to let, I mean, to some extent, they'll let a defense dictate what they do, but the Packers are going to take the initiative. They have the best offense in the league, at least by scoring average. They're not going to be like, oh, well, the Lions are taking away this, so let's opt to go to that as an alternative. They're going to throw the ball until someone proves they can stop it, and no one has proved that they can. Yeah, I would know, I would say that, again, with Detroit without Okuda and Trufant, and you're just begging to throw the ball against that group, right? And that seemed to be the seemed to be a good game plan. Yep. All right, the last question would be, and I like to, and on a good note, this is from Christopher Karlecki. Can you guys, um, I think he butchered the English here a little bit, basically he wants to know if we're going to do any, any punter prospects <laughs> on this podcast so he can be the first to know about the draft. No, Christopher, I will not be previewing punters on this podcast. Not, into, not until the offseason, Christopher. We appreciate the question, <laughs> and we'll certainly touch on that uh, when the time comes. It's a great question, all because yeah. I mean, this, I mean th- this is not working. They, they need to move on, but um, you should never, ever, ever draft a punter. And I think, when you, I think J.K. Scott has shown that. They used a fifth-round pick on him, and this is what you got. You've got a total dumpster fire right now. He's a, he's a nice guy. He's had his moments, but man, oh man, you can't, you can't do this. Can't trip yep. one. I agree. That's all I got for you, Matt. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys. You know about that buy one, get one free deal. 
Um, you can get it at theathletic.com slash head of the pack. You know where to find us. Bill is at SI. I'm at The Athletic. Really appreciate you guys listening and our super producer, Danielle, of course. So thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you next week.